if you can catch the speed, for example, uh, we hear one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, very fast, but you can catch one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and make this speed to change. Welcome to Belly Dance Live podcast. My name is Jana Komarnitska. I'm a full-time dancer based in Toronto, performing a variety of Middle Eastern and Central Asian dance styles, including belly dance. You can find me at janadance.com as well as on Insta or Facebook by Jana Dance or Jana Komarnitska. I'm happy you've decided to join us for this weekly dose of dance inspiration because here on this podcast we explore all nuances and insights into lifestyle of ballet dancers and we are having amazing star guests who share their stories secrets and tips with you hello 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 guys so after a little break and releasing interviews here we go back on track and i'm very excited to feature today uh, alida lin a very famous dancer from taiwan probably one of the most famous from that country and she studied and performed different dance forms all her life starting from the age of three she started learning ballet then contemporary jazz and traditional Chinese folk dances. During elementary school years, she traveled around the world to perform traditional Chinese folk dances. And in the high school and college, she attended the most famous and highly well-known dance school in Taiwan to earn a degree in dance. In college, she also started learning new jazz, tribal fusion, hip-hop, and oriental dance. Since 2008, Alida started with practically all Egyptian ballet dance masters such as Rwanda Camel, Tito, Mohammed Shaheen, Yusri Sharif, Aziz of Cairo, Mohammed Kazafi, Khaled Mahmoud, and on and on and on and on. I'm probably missing a bunch of names on this list. In our today's interview, we digged in many different topics, but I really liked how Alita gave a lot of useful insights and tips on how to feel the music, how to get this oriental feel and uh, how to not be afraid of improvisation. So she uh, even gave some examples and tips of drum solo improvisation. As well as we talked a little bit about uh, ballet dance in Taiwan as well as some nuances and uh, difficult or tricky aspects of organizing festivals and how mentality of people in which country uh, the festival takes place can actually influence the uh, energy and things that happen at the festival. So I really hope you enjoyed this interview. I had a lot of interesting insights for myself. So now without further ado, let's dive into the interview. <laughs> Hello guys, you're listening to Ballet Dance Live uh, podcast and today I have a very special guest from Taiwan, Alida Lin, and I'm so excited to, to finally have her on the podcast. <laughs> we finally managed. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, girls. So I always start every interview uh, with a, a question. How did you get involved into ballet dance? Do you remember your very first uh, class or interaction oh, with ballet dance? Oh, my God. <laughs> 
uh, when, when I into the belly dance, I was uh, trying to figure out because I was uh, training contemporary and the ballet and uh, Chinese folklore dance. And I I start reach to belly dance at, uh, around when I was in college. And I tried to put some belly dance technique moves to contemporary. So I start to go to out out of the studio the no more many kind of uh, many kind of dance and i i see a class is uh actually it's a uh fusion tribal fusion belly dance mm-hmm. class yes and i saw like a two or three times the class they just uh, separate muscle technique a lot, and I think oh, it's very interesting. So I started, <laughs> and then, and then it's like a destiny. One teacher, she was an Oriental dancer, and uh, we become a classmate. And uh, she invited me go to her company to work because she need a teacher and uh, she felt my basically the dance and body congestion and uh, how I move is uh, very good because uh, I dance in many many kind of dance and uh, I learn also very quickly so I started but uh, that is uh, oriental and I was uh, don't know what is oriental feeling so so after that, uh, one one teacher, the in that company, she want to join. She want me join with her, go to Egypt. So when I go to Egypt, I feel the orchestra, I feel the Oriental, and then I start to fall in love to real Oriental world. And what is the essence of Oriental or Egyptian style for you? Ah, uh, for me, uh, because uh, Oriental come from the Egypt root and uh, many golden era dancer. And uh, of course, if we dance ballet or contemporary, we use very uh, exactly the direction, position a lot. But uh, from golden era, the dancer they come, they dance come from heart. Not too much about your technique or something, but uh, I try to understand this from Oriental. Uh, for me, for example, Dina, she is a queen in Cairo, and uh, she, her technique it's a very unique. You can't imagine which movement like uh, ballet or like uh, any. We can count very clear. The dance. It's uh, just to follow her feeling to move. So for me, it's uh, really, really different. And uh, I learned a lot from Egyptian teacher Aida Noor Ronda and the Tito and the Muhammad Shahin Wamansong Yusri Sharif. Uh, during this, a lot, a lot of teacher they give me a lot. Actually, they have a uh, their own style. 
And uh, for me, the real, real old traditional, the feeling oriental, I don't know when she danced, feel very simple and uh, clear and uh, just the feeling. I think it's much most, uh, mostly pure, the oriental. Yeah. And then because I have a many kind training the dance in my body. So now on stage, on this stage, I use many, many Rhonda technique and uh, Tito also infect me a lot because her, he has a charming smile and, and I love also a lot. And, um, I also love you three, the different and while and uh, their step technique. It started reach a little jazz, the feeling. Also, I learned jazz a lot. So it's a uh, many, many magic mm. now. That's yes. beautifully said also that uh, I like your phrase that dance comes uh, from the heart, not from the technique. So true. Yes. Actually, I can, yeah, it's also, I want to make a balance about, because I learned a lot of ballet and uh, a lot, actually, I can make a lot of technique. Uh, but now I realize when, when I feel the music, it's the first that have to dance come from heart. So... The technique you can't always uh, show to the people to make uh, like a catch eyes, but because uh, I want to, I prefer and dance more come from heart. So sometimes make a pause, like uh, sometimes you can't put whole the technique into full in the choreography or your performance. It's much better to reach to the people, the audience feeling. Yeah, to make a very touch the show. It's much good for me to perform. Mm. You also mentioned that you studied uh, uh, previously a lot of different styles of dance, and I also know that you studied a lot of Chinese folk uh, dances. When you start mm -hmm. doing ballet dance, uh, did you find any conflicts in your, I don't know, body <laughs> memory? Because they, even if you compare ballet and ballet dance, they have very different mm -hmm. principles of movement. So do you think it was helpful for you or was there anything that you need to sort of overcome or relearn? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Because uh, that's totally different, right, with uh, Oriental. So how I can adjust my body to <laughs> make my muscle memory change, is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, first of all, um, have to observe to understand how we dance ballet and how we dance Oriental, like belly dance movement, it's uh, a lot different. We have uh, our, oh, every dance, we have a center line in our body. But when we dance Oriental, 
upper body have to be more free and the arm, but the arm have a similar like a ballet's, uh, ballet's uh, position, right? They're just the hand is different and our body center from our hips, our weight, waist, uh, we have to change because there it's very important to make different space, different line, but uh, our center line still in our back, the center. And uh, also our two feet, we still have a ballet center training because we have to stand the three of the toes to make uh, our body center sure even we move our hips or chest or waist outside of the center, but uh, our leg should be strong to hold our body back to the center and change the movement. So uh, in ballet, we still helpful, helpful for make our oriental technique more good. And uh, I think it's uh, still helpful, just that we need to separate what, what is uh, ballet's feeling and what is our oriental. Because when we dance oriental, we have uh, our muscle control is good when we train in ballet, but not too much. I mean, we can train in ballet to, to feeding our body center, but... Uh, when we dance oriental, we have to understand how our body moves to oriental. Uh, it's about muscle control and release. And because we, I also training a lot of contemporary. And uh, when I was a junior, I already uh, make a choreography or start be assistance help the teacher. So. Actually, when I was a young, I observed a lot uh, body, what's different and the uh, movement, how to adjustment. And uh, I know how to tell to students where they have to change. So I think that's why I study a quick, very quickly and uh, observe. That's why. I usually dance and uh, make choreography just on the spot. And uh, yeah, and because uh, I I also learn a lot of music in instruments, so my ears very sensitive. And uh, during this whole the kind of different style in my body. And uh, before I observe how to separate and uh, my body position when I dance oriental, I should be, mm, I don't know how, how I can say it. It's an image to put in our mind, in my mind. And when i training ballet, what I can change my whole body to control and the hips especially is very tight. And when we dance oriental, our hips should be more free than me also. And uh, it depends which combination you want to change. So change your muscle control. Yeah, this is uh, how I dance between then. 
It's also interesting how yeah. much you emphasize the importance of observation. And I feel a lot of uh, dancers and students, they under uh, underestimate uh, the importance of it. Uh, it's like during the workshop, you know, the teachers separate in two groups and say like one group dance, another watch. And I see so many people just go and do something else. Like, no, watch, you can learn so much from it. And uh, I loved how you emphasized the importance and uh, what role observation uh, played in uh, your learning process. That's uh, really interesting. You also mentioned and talked a lot about... Uh, emotional aspect of oriental dance and i know that uh, egyptian way of expressing emotions and expressing emotions through dance uh, very very specific and it's it comes a lot from their mentality how did you how was the process of trying to incorporate this uh, oriental feeling and oriental emotions into uh, your dancing? Uh, first of all, have to understand music because we dance, uh, we dance have to use uh, music and music is basically how we make a transfer from our body. So the music, we have a without lyric and we have a lyric and uh, we have a different kind like uh, romantic and especially if we have a lyrical song we have to understand the word what they talk about to make sure we are not make a wrong transfer from our face or our movement about happy or sad or some emotion and uh, for example, if we dance Mijangse, the inside the music has many, many kind of reason we can use. So about the melody also, it's about the speed, the reason how fast or the reason which kind they start, it also can change our mood to dance every part. And uh, the melody also in our body, not just the reason. So uh, I think that is uh, how I expression with on the stage. And also because we dance with, uh, we dance, we show to the audience. So usually when I go on the stage, I just, don't thinking too much and uh, just feel audience and uh, try to catch everyone who come to see me. They sit in front of me and uh, just the feeling with music and uh, from, our, from my heart to thanks, then come to see me and just start the dance. And uh, just uh, listen carefully the reason and the melody. And if uh, they have a lyrical, I will follow lyrical more. The most important if they have a lyrical. But my my hips, hips 
and the step still with a reason that is basically I will do it. But sometimes the melody also have a reason inside. This is out of the reason to make action. And I will change to follow with the melody reason. And my upper body will follow the melody. And my face <laughs> follow the lyrical. And sometimes my hand position change because if that word is very important, I will hold my body to transfer for this word about the lyrical when I dance. Uh, that's very cool uh, separation and uh, I'm uh, sure a lot of uh, dancers, especially uh, beginning dancers who are not that comfortable with dancing now probably uh, should keep that in their mind is this cue that rhythm, rhythmic part is more about steps and hips. The melodic layer is about upper body and hands and then the lyrical emotional layer is about face so it's very very nice mm. tip <laughs> very nice cue uh, yeah I, I separate very clear <laughs> and sometimes i love to make a trick because i will not make a boring like every time we count basically five uh eight count or four count change it away because uh, for me more interesting about how do you organize body and uh, when I understand the music, I can much better to control myself and uh, it's not mm, not I follow music, it's uh, I control the music. The music not always lead me go, it will be, it will be not, mm, it will be like a Student, if uh, I can control the music, always uh, we dance with the CD. For example, we dance with the CD. Uh, I understand when I understand the music construction, and then I can be so free in privation on stage, and just uh, just the sitting audience first, and uh, let my expression connect with them and it's actually I'm very enjoy with that <laughs> mm. yes. what uh, what exactly do you mean by uh, control the music if you are talking specifically about also recording music is more like understand the music and know the music or is there any mm. any other layer <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, contrary, uh, when I understand the music and when I know where is the, the, for example, part A transfer to part B, and I understand they have a bridge I have to change. So I understand there what I can, uh, uh, where, what I can do, sorry, what I can do in... <laughs> from A to B and because for example the reason uh, if they are very fast they're basically falahi very fast but uh, the melody they have a many different level they they can be quickly or middle speed 
and uh, or low speed and the melody high, middle, low. I, I don't need to always just follow the reason very fast, very fast. Sometimes when the people, they hear it's the music very busy. But if you can catch the speed, for example, uh, we hear one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, very fast, but you can catch one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and make this speed to change. So I can make, I can control my body because that's all is the, basically they are the same speed and I can catch, I want to move from uh, first to four count fast and uh, after four count slowly. For me, I create from melody when I can catch the speed which uh, which speed I can change or I can control. That is what I mean. Oh, that's very powerful. It's uh, it's also basically that uh, you can choose exactly how to interpret music. That there is not really even one way to interpret it, but you are controlling. Uh, music in the sense that you interpret it how you want, and you can even have a power to change the speed, not of recording, but of your dancing to the same same part of the song. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah because because uh, this makes uh, the performance and my show more interesting, not boring about uh, if, uh, for example, if everyone knows this song and uh, you dance totally like a same beat and it will become boring but if you put personality and the expression and the play with the audience and you know you or if we already know the the music how that's going and we catch some special part to show it will make body eyes everyone eyes light because it's a it's a not a, not normal how we dance it's a special and really talk with audience like this. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's not about uh, movement. It's about experience of uh, uh, both performer and audience. Mm -hmm. I have uh, one tricky question on this <laughs> subject. <laughs> so all this, all this is uh, cool and clear if we know the song in advance. Mm. But what if uh, some situations that you need to improvise to the song that you have never heard about? Do you have any tricks for yourself? Uh, How to, I don't know, relax and get into it? <laughs> uh, you mean, I, did I have an experience when I'm in conversation, but uh, we, I don't know the song name or their meaning? Yeah. Um, let me think. Usually, uh, in conversations, I totally know what that song. Yeah, I never dance. I didn't know the song because uh, it's dangerous. If I in conversation, I definitely know what is this song. But it's it's about the lyrical. If they have lyrical, for example, it's a tarab. 
I know. Uh, but I can dance. For example, if if they put me Jiangsi for me, I improvisation. I can dance because this is without the lyrical. This about uh, how clear, clever you can catch the music and also drum solo. For example, this time I dancing in my festival and the drummer. He tell me, okay, I will put a CD and uh, he play drum and just uh, on the spot, just uh, show on the stage. And I didn't know what kind of music he played. And I just finished that whole show. That is really, I don't know what is the music whole to, to dance. So I, yeah. For this, I have an experience. But for lyrical, for tarab, classic, when I improvisation, I know the name. And uh, if it's, for instance, a drum solo improvisation, uh, I know a lot of uh, uh, dancers have a struggle that they kind of keep repeating the same movements again and again, mm. then they improvise to unknown, just because it's probably like, it's a stressed situation. So we tend to go into uh, more familiar, like few moves that we know for sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, how to make, for instance, if you're talking a drum, drum solo, how to make sure that your improvisation is still uh, varied and uh, different? And has different movements that interpret different parts of the song. So you're not. You mean how to that uh, how to that student understand in session with drum solo to make good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, first of all, we have to teach them reason, and uh, what kind of reason can be what kind of movement, but. I will tell to them usually drummer will basically they will they will play four time or eight time same reason and between A to B they will make a little bit different to change transfer the second reason. So when they catch the construction about about the drum solo, how the drummer always play and you can more relax and uh from for example maksun start when they catch first maksun the first time maybe their body still not not wake up about oh now it's maksun so they can catch from second time and maybe they play like a four time or eight time and we know the maksun dung da da dung da, and you can the the beat always the same. But sometimes maybe the drummer may, will make trick. So it's also have to training very good ear to listen when they want to change. For example, dung da da dung da da dung da da dung da. And something like uh, when they when they uh, when they play until 
third time, they maybe will make some change. And uh, this also very important to watch the drummer. It's about who follow who. But, uh, if we are dancer, we have to be strong to control. And uh, sometimes it's not only dancer control, it's also for me, I'm more relaxed and enjoy with the drummer when he play. Mm, sometimes I, I, I want to follow what he want to give me, but uh, sometimes, and when I want to change, I have to see, see him, see me. I want to change something, and uh, it's uh, about uh, communicate with the drummer when we on the spot, when we improvisation. And uh, I train into student about that. Don't be shy because uh, in Asia, girls uh, they more nervous about improvisation. Uh, they want to. People, they want to teach, uh, make a choreography for them. But uh, for me, improvisation is also very interesting and uh, very important. Just to be relaxed and then to put before how you train in the body, control the technique, put on drum solo. And I, I teach them to count. Sometimes the drummer, they enjoy drum too much. And then they put many, many different techniques in just, in just <laughs> like a, uh, like a maksun. In just, just maksun, but they play so crowning, so many different techniques inside and make dancer nervous or, oh my God, what is this? Oh, I only can shimmy. <laughs> Something like this. <laughs> so I tell them, uh, don't be scared, don't be nervous, because uh, they have a very important beat. You just uh, can. You also you can just count one, two, three, four. Even they make a lot. Something very uh. But uh, when you control the speed, you can catch what where, where is the first count you can be more control good on yourself and the choice because everyone different personality so you can choose if you can catch speed very fast fast okay you can follow and if uh, your body more relaxed you don't want to always follow the drummer you can follow the most uh, simple beat and make uh make uh make a action with them, with your personality. That is also important, not just uh, when we dance drum solo and uh, always uh, make short shoulder technique, because when you more relaxed, it means you are more confident, confident with the drum solo, with the drum. Yes, I think that uh, for me, it's uh, important how teach student uh, dance with drum solo improvisation. I yes. love this conversation. You give so many, <laughs> you give so many valuable uh, tips uh, for, uh, for all listeners uh, to 
um, how to overcome and be ready, how to overcome the fear and be ready for improvisation, uh, both uh, mm. songs, lyrics, drum solo, and there are so many valuable tips <laughs> that uh, I really encourage people who ever listen, if you uh, missed uh, some, actually, I'm pretty sure some of them were missed, so re-listen again to all the sections, oh. because uh, even despite... Uh, uh, improvisation is such a core principle in oriental dance in traditional mm. like original oriental dance we still uh, as a non middle eastern dancers we really love choreographies <laughs> and then we train and study based on different choreographies but then the time comes to improvisation it it can um it can cause such a terror <laughs> like such a uh, <laughs> Uh, anxious feeling uh, in in dancers so i i kind of feel like all those tips that you said about how to be ready for your improvisation they are so so valuable so mm. thank you so much mm. <laughs> you have a mini you lecture here <laughs> it's like a, i i i gave a class here <laughs> uh, yeah that's very very nice <laughs> a few things uh I also kind of want to touch uh, uh, briefly another topic that I'm very curious about. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, on a completely different subject, uh, can you tell us, please, a little bit more about uh, ballet dance in Taiwan? How is the... Oh. What's happening in, there? And is it popular? Like... Ah, now Taiwan, they... they training they love belly dance more about the folklore because uh it's about the taiwan belly dance history before here coming a lot like american style uh like uh rachel bryce and uh jelena america and uh after that uh, peop, uh, some teacher from Argentina, for example, Saida, when when she come to Taiwan, people love, and because uh, it's a very very beautiful and uh, on the stage style, and the people love. And after that, uh, Egyptian teacher coming, and. They start talk about what is different, Balabi, shabi, how should dance like, like a real traditional, and uh, we start broadening our mind because, oh, that is roots, uh, how we dance, the before the Oriental like a Balabi, shabi, and how we dance on the stage, and then we start thinking about. Uh, because because there's a very important information, so we started travel. Uh, many teachers started travel to Egypt, Egypt, and then we figure out. Oh, here have a many different kind of kind of uh, folklore. So recently, here more interesting about society uh, and the body and the shabby and. Uh, because they have a more different uh, knowledge have to learn. So recently, even the competition become more and the folklore 
the category more more people join and uh, many class they want to teach about that but for me oriental it's uh, also very important just uh, uh in taiwan basically they they dance oriental because it's about habit and uh usually the student they have their own job i think it's uh, about different culture and the company economy in taiwan so uh in taiwan the dancer have to work very very hard to become um, to become rich <laughs> it because uh, usually in taiwan uh now economy not very good so normally have a only normal job can fit them good and the dancer or dance teacher are very not good in here so usually the um student or teacher they usually have uh, the other job and maybe they teach just hobby so real real international full time teach the belly dancer teacher is not too much I feel that uh, dance profession is hard everywhere <laughs> but yeah I, I hear you I know what you mean uh and yeah. what is the uh, approach of a uh, regular uh audience to belly dance uh, like I mean not belly dancers but like other people like what is um approach to belly dance mm, in Taiwan still have a some usually the normally people they don't understand belly dance and they just feel we are very sexy and uh, we uh move like uh, if but because okay because in TV some dancer they really go to TV to show the dance belly dance about belly dance and unfortunately some dancer they just want to make a show i mean the show is mean oh how my breast so big or how how the legs uh the open leg so big some some movement it's a uh, very awkward and uh, we try to save this situation and because on tv uh you know the program they want to catch people eyes to make uh, like uh, oh want to see the program uh, it's not good for our oriental culture and we try to make many workshop and uh, try to make a lot of show to invite no more they not really understand the rental the audience come to see our art so we work this art a lot and uh, now i think it's uh, much better the people know oh belly dance not uh, just a show sexy and because how we how we dance and uh, it's still totally different between how you see on the tv show in taiwan 
And but uh, some very local village, the place, maybe they still make a joke like ah, swimming your hips or shake your chest and uh, something. <laughs> it's a uh, how we dance, belly dance. But uh, it's also good if uh, we know more about the folklore dance, folklore. Uh, yeah, one piece. We when we dance Galabea with Galabea, if we go to there, it's a good to show original how we dance with Galabea. Not just uh, they they thinking image about that. And then I think now it's a much better how they image. And uh, but still. Um, Still have uh, some people thinking it's about regular. They they think why you don't have a uh, uh, no more job to feed you. If uh, we only dance, it will we will be die <laughs> because uh, because actually we don't have an Arabic restaurant or. Yeah, like uh, other countries have an Arabic restaurant, we can dance inside and uh, get race every day or one week, two times. No, we don't have uh, this uh, because they only one or two. But uh, for my experience, it's uh, not good because they only want to have a dancer. But whatever you are professional or a mantra, they just give you very cheap, very cheap, and it's a uh, good for students if they want to practice more. You, they can go there. Yeah, it's a uh, not good economy, and especially in Taiwan, uh, it's hard if uh, Egyptian or Middle East people want to come to make a business. It's hard now. Mm, so, so I think mm, in Taiwan for the belly dancer, only go to teach or take some performers for some company if they here have a happy new year and they want to invite. But uh, now mm, for belly dance uh, performers to get money, it's uh, not not so good because they more perform other for example jazz or or some uh different kind of hip-hop dance yeah i yeah. see well it's uh common in many countries uh but uh yeah, dance life <laughs> mm. well hopefully it'll get better mm. Yeah, we try to make better to let people show. So that's why I make a festival. <laughs> yes, by the way, about your festival, uh, congratulations uh, on uh, hosting a su successful event just recently. Um, can yes, you tell us a little bit about your festival, please? <laughs> mm. oh, thank you. Do you have already days uh, for the next year? <laughs> I try to. I try to put August 22 to 25. And this time I want to make more short, like four days. 
if uh, much better, can be three days because uh, uh, before two times experience, I think and every time I want to make some change, I feel um, until I feel it's a uh, most good for me and good for teacher because uh, everyone travel from long way to here to Taiwan. What is um, something special about your festival uh, that uh, people need to already put on their calendars and come <laughs> and plan to come? <laughs> If the special, I try because I'm very beginning <laughs> to make festival and uh, yeah and uh, maybe I also go to many different countries festival. And I want to bring this happiness come to Taiwan to share with with my students, with participants. And uh, but this time we try the Hafla party. Okay, I I tell you about this time the experience my festival. I try, but uh, we put a lot. A training class to them, and normally in Taiwan they have their own job. It's not too much, just a full-time teacher or dancer. So when they come to my class, they also put for their energy until the last class. <laughs> After last class finish, we have a half lap party, but uh, uh, it's a it's a People tired, <laughs> so so for me, uh, it's not good for next time. I think I need to change because usually in uh, other countries, if I uh, have a half love party, people love stand up, dance, and enjoy. I want to make different in Taiwan. Like uh, people can really talk with a teacher and uh, have a very good communicate because it's already the last time they next day will fly and make a beautiful good memory with them but uh, in Taiwanese culture they are more silent <laughs> they are more <laughs> quiet <laughs> and uh, And for me, I think, oh my God, it's not good. Oh my God, what I can do? I keep take them, come and together to make a photo. And for example, this time, when I give them certificate to join the full package, the the, the participant, I I take hold the teacher, stay with them, take a picture uh, to make a oh. They are good. They standing until the end and give them good reward for them. And the picture and the cake, everyone together to eat. And uh, I, I give them red wine to drink together to be relaxed. But uh, they still, the participants still stay in the chair. They just sit there and drink and no move. Oh, and uh, this for me is a awkward, embarrassing because a teacher stay there, and what are what are we doing here like that? But 
I try to make whole together. So for me, next time, don't do this in last class. <laughs> After last class, yeah, no, do it. Just go to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's also interesting, uh, like different countries, different cultures, and different approach to things. So those uh, fun, uh, curious situations, uh, they also a great learning experience uh, for you. And uh, I heard yeah. many, I heard many positive. Uh, um, many positive feedback from uh, people who actually attended your festival mm. uh, so i'm pretty sure it was mm -hmm. very successful and like those awkward uh, little mm. situations they uh, they are now fun memories too <laughs> yeah oh by the oh, i remind one for for this time my stage the background have a tv screen and uh, i make some special the TV screen can move, uh, the inside uh, image, they can be move like a video, like uh, you go to the uh, uh, catwalk, the backstage, like a, you, like a 3D. So whatever, which dance, when they move, the background also move with them together. It's a make magical dance. That is uh, my first time to make it and uh, it's a very good feeling about I I taught I also make many um, work about the background about the TV screen the backstage uh, last year I make just a trust about the mark uh, logo and this time because the hotel they have a new TV screen so I changed the idea and looks very amazing. For me, maybe next time I will make more different things in the gala show, the stage. But I, yeah, but have to be careful because the TV screen, if I use the very light, like a light yellow, like a dessert, uh, if we make a photo, the TV screen will make a not good the image, but if I make like night, the sky dark, and with a star, it'll be nice. So for me, every time can learn a lot inside. Yes, so ah, inshallah, I hope next year, <laughs> yes much better <laughs> i'm i'm sure every time better and better and this is only a, a second year that mm. you are doing it so anyway congratulations on a big successful event um thank you alida before i ask you our final uh, podcast question uh first of all thank you so much for being here and taking your time and sharing your awesome knowledge with us we had so many cool takeaways from you today <laughs> yeah i'm happy can share uh, Thank you. Can you also tell mm. us, please, where where people can find and follow you? Which social media um, platforms do uh, you use? Um, I have a Facebook. Uh, my Facebook name Alida Ling. Uh, but if this account, I can't. I have a five thousand now already full, but I have a second one, Alida Rocks. 
So if they want to follow me, can come these two. Also, I have a fan page. It's Alida Belly Dance. Yes, and if they want to search my festival, I have a website, www.rockstaiwan.com. I will definitely put also all links in the uh, notes to this episode. So again, for everyone who is listening, you can just go in the notes and click the link and go directly to those uh, platforms. So it's easier for you. And also, do you use Instagram? Oh, yes. I have an Instagram. It's also Alita. Alita Link. Same. Awesome. I will also add uh, this to the notes uh, too. Uh, Alita, and I always finish every mm-hmm. episode with the same uh, question too. Are you ready? Another tricky one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Let's uh, do it. <laughs> the question is, uh, what makes you fall in love with ballet dance again and again? So you keep doing it for so many years. <laughs> mm, because ballet dance, the movement so free and the music so magic. And because I also fall in love with the instrument, because my ear and also my personality sensitive one. So I, when I hear the music, I found the music beauty and connect with the body movement can be so free. Uh, That's why I keep falling in love with them. Yes. And do you know what I also love? Not only the words that you said, but your intonation and how much feeling you had in those words that you just said. Oh. That it's so mm. you can hear the passion and the feeling in there. So thank mm. you so much for sharing. <laughs> thank you, dear. I'm so happy. Finally, we are on the line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with us. And if you like this episode, it will mean a world to me if you take a few seconds and leave us a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. Also, you can always find more information about podcast as well as past episodes at yanadance.com slash podcast. As well as you can connect with me on social media by Yana Dance or Yana Komarnitska. I'm very active on Instagram as well as Facebook and share a lot of tips and inspiration for your daily ballet dance life. And by the way, don't forget to subscribe to podcasts so you never miss a future episode. And until next time, keep shimming.